Our good friend Robert Katz is here. He's, of course, the uh, Chief Development Officer at OHEL Children's Home and Family Services. And we say Boker Tov. Good morning, sir. Boker or Nachum Siegel. Nice to see you. How are you? Baruch Hashem. It's been a while. After I... folks uh, celebrate with you tomorrow morning at Cedar Market, they yeah. can just uh, come around the corner and visit us at... Uh, at OHEL's New Jersey Family Center. Well, wait a second. Is that open to the public? Are there free well, tours? I don't, are there, I don't think we should be giving are, are free there, tours. Are there VIP uh, <laughs> tours going on tomorrow? We have some nice posters in the office <laughs> they can look at. So there will be stuff to see if they stop by. How sure. long has that office been open? How long has OHEL had a physical presence in Teaneck, New Jersey? 2008. Oh, it's a while already. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously we're here because there's a, a new direction, a new focus, and uh, new faces. People who... Are, are residents of New Jersey who are going to be, uh, you know, uh, the challenges, the challenges faced by people and families in, in New Jersey are no different than they are in New York. And, and that's the premise of actually why we're here this morning. All right. And uh, with the Robert in our studio are uh, two people who can uh, speak about the, the needs of the New Jersey or northern New Jersey community and uh, how they'll be helping people and are continuing to help people. Dr. Tsipora Torbener is here brand-new clinical coordinator of the OHEL Mental Health Clinic in Teaneck, New Jersey. She is a New Jersey resident and was the coordinator of the OHEL Mobile Crisis Team in Brooklyn, the clinical coordinator of OHEL's Project HOPE. You may recall that name from Hurricane Sandy, and she brings her expertise in mental health services uh, to the OHEL New Jersey office. Uh, Dr. Tsipora Torbener, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, good morning. Nice to see you again. Rabbi Jeremy Donath is here, and I am told that those who know him from Bergen County uh, know that he is uh, quite a rabbinic leader. He is the rabbi of uh, Congregation Darche Noam in Fairlawn, New Jersey, member of the RCBC, and a rabbi at TABC, one of our favorite places. He's originally from Minneapolis, and now he is the community outreach coordinator here in New Jersey with OHEL. Rabbi Donath, welcome to the show. Good morning, Nachum. Good to be here. I appreciate that. What is a community outreach coordinator? Well, my job is situated as a, in a unique uh, place as a local Rav and a Rebbe at TABC, in that I'm situated in a place to be able to be a liaison, both for the needs of the community and for OHEL. So I kind of view myself a little bit as a Shadchan, having the pulse of the needs of Bergen County. Uh, I worked in Ketur Torah and Teaneck and also in Avas Torah and Englewood, so I really have uh, some connections throughout Bergen County uh, to, have, to have the pulse of the community, to know the needs, and to, to be able to connect OHEL's uh, wonderful services. To Sounds like you've done the whole tour of Bergen County between Englewood, Teaneck, and now Fairlawn. Uh, and it sounds like this is a role that's both uh, on an individual basis, liaison for those who are in need of, I don't know, immediate or long-term help, and as a and really on a community basis. If you identify a problem that you think, I, I assume, is uh, to a degree, you know, either spreading or is a you know is something very common in the community, something you would bring to the attention of people who could help. Correct. You know, as, as a Rav, you, you, you definitely have a feel for what's going on in your own community, which is indicative of the greater community. But also there are, I'm connected to Dr. Norman Blumenthal and Dr. Torbener. Uh, and when the crisis comes up in the community, uh, I'm able to connect them, bring them into the schools or the shuls, help the families in need. Here's the problem with this. I don't know if I ask you for an example, if you're allowed to give us any examples. I'm not asking for names, obviously. But is there a good example or an experience you've had over the last few months that might indicate to our northern New Jersey listeners just how you and the organization can be helpful? Sure. Uh, just just in terms of, uh, of one crisis we responded to that people aren't aware of without using names, of course. Right. Uh, when there's a death in a, in a family, uh, oftentimes 
uh, most of the attention goes uh, to, uh, in one situation there was a child, a child death, and most attention goes to the parents. But what happens to the siblings uh, of, of the uh, nifter? Uh, in one case, uh, Dr. Blumenthal and I were able to go into one of the local Bergen County schools and meet with uh, close to 10 classes uh, across all the grades uh, near the age of, of the child death and to be able to be a resource for all the kids in the community to have a place to be able to express their emotions and feelings. And it was a tremendous experience seeing Dr. Blumenthal interact uh, with the young children. Is it possible to, to, um, to tell, can you detect that in conversation with these children that they actually are, I don't know, suffering or are, are uh, burdened by the whole episode, by the entire, you know, everything that happened? Well, it's amazing to see how much a, a first grader or a second grader actually uh, is aware of and how the depth of their emotional experience. Uh, I think you don't, you don't realize it until you're in the classroom uh, hearing a first grader talk about uh, Olam Haba, questions about the afterlife, questions about death, each on their own level. So obviously it might not be as sophisticated of a question, and I think the challenges for the therapist for the crisis, OL crisis team to be able to connect with uh, whatever individual is on their level. Uh, Dr. Torbener, does research indicate that this lasts a long time, that if a youngster is able to open up in first, second, third grade about issues like this, that it really helps them a lot down the road? Uh, it definitely does. Um, what's different about the kind of work, actually, that Rabbi Donath is talking about and what we do at the outpatient clinic is that that kind of work tends to be more short-term. You know, when somebody has some kind right. of major loss, Grief is a normal part of, part of the process. And, um, you know, most people can go through it with some type of, you know, help and information on their own. You know, the, the worst thing is when people kind of feel like they're depressed or they're anxious, and then they're depressed about being depressed or anxious about being anxious. So a lot of times, you know, information is very helpful, and that's a lot of what we do in addition to just kind of the helpful and support that we do on the, on the trauma team that Rabbi Donath is talking about. How quickly did you have to jump into action after Hurricane Sandy? It was the end of October. October a couple of years ago. Was it days? Was it hours? Was it weeks? When when did your program really kick into action? So I think Hurricane Sandy was October 29th. Right. Is that correct? I believe that's the So day, yeah. my hire date was November 29th. A uh, so month later. One month later, we were in operation um, with Project Hope. But prior to that, OHEL actually sent people out um, into the field, so to speak, to provide help to the neighboring communities. Again, more in a crisis mode, like you described earlier, as opposed to, I guess, a long-term Type yeah. of relationship? Yes, 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 yes. And, and what did it involve? I mean, you met, I'm sure, a lot of families, a lot of, uh, uh, was the assignment to, to deal with every age group, parents and kids and anybody who was suffering we, at that time? We dealt with every age group and every community, um, the Jewish community in addition to other communities also. We actually had a really interesting connection to the Chinese community, hmm. actually, in Brighton Beach and Coney Island. Um, the goal was really to help everybody who was out there, and we were able to do it in such interesting ways. Uh, one of the things that was interesting about Hurricane Sandy is that it's it's also kind of trauma work. So what's helpful, again, with that is to kind of help people understand that what they're experiencing is a normal process, and it's normal for people to have difficult reactions and to maybe have difficulty concentrating, difficulty functioning, and all that kind of thing when, you know, their house is taken away from them. Right. So that kind of thing, and people don't really realize that that's the case, and they they want they think they can kind of do it on their own, which many people can, but many people it's helpful for them to just really understand what's going on around them. Plus, we were able to really link people to concrete services, which they really needed to help them rebuild both both you know just even concretely. 
Right, meaning financial services. Financial services. And, you know, New York City had a lot of build it back type of programs. Right. And there were so many volunteers, especially in the beginning, different, different agencies from across the United States that came in to provide really concrete, concrete, concrete <laughs> wood, <laughs> Real you know, electrical systems, right. plumbing, and things like that to help people really get back on their feet. You know, when people like yourself are in my studio, I sometimes ask this question. It might sound silly, but it's the timing is interesting. Tonight, I mentioned, is the art side of those who passed away and uh, were murdered by the enemy on 9-11. And there are people we know who literally, you know, walked out of the building and never felt another after effect. I mean, I, have, I know someone very well who I'm telling you, unless they're putting on a really good act, never thought about that day again after they walked out of the building. And others who have suffered for years, you know, maybe even 13 years later, after that experience. Is there a way to understand this other than saying that human beings are different and everyone has different attitudes and experiences? Well, I think that really is the answer. Everybody is really unique. Uh, every personality is unique. What goes into making up that personality is unique. Everybody's born with certain tendencies, sensitivities. And so everybody's just going to handle things different. You know, I think um, a good example is, let's say, of a Holocaust survivor. I heard a story after Hurricane Sandy. There was one Holocaust survivor who said um, that they were... You know, following the Holocaust, Hurricane Sandy was nothing. So a lot of people were maybe falling apart around them, but they themselves just looked at it as, hey, give me a break. There's really, what, right. you know, you can't, do, you can't do anything worse to me than what I already went through. Right. And somebody else who was a Holocaust survivor who said, oh, my gosh, this reminds me of the Holocaust. Everything's right. being taken away from me. So Not it, being in control of my own exactly. destiny. Right. Exactly. So it's really everybody's background and their perspective on life. It just informs everything that they do and everything that they experience. So, of course, you'll have those kind of differences. Right. Uh, in our studio, we have uh, Rabbi Jeremy Donath, who's Community Outreach Coordinator at the OHEL here in New Jersey. And uh, Dr. Tsipora Torbener, who's the brand-new clinical coordinator of the OHEL Mental Health Clinic in Teaneck. Is this a mental health clinic that is uh, bustling at this point? I mean, are people taking advantage of the services in New Jersey? There are. We've really increased our census in the last six months. Uh, we definitely have, have room to grow. Um, and we, we're really open to having people coming in and getting services. All right. How do people do this? And, and, and if they are in what type of situation, at what point should they be calling you or your office? You know, what do people out there need to know about you utilizing these services? So, so why do people go to therapy? Right. Right. That's the question. Basically. So, or at what point, or at what point, at what do they, point should they decide point. that it's time to go? Now, right. would you like to try to answer that question yourself based on what you've seen in the studio over the last 30 years? So what's the answer? So I, I think when people get to the point where they feel they're just not functioning in the way that they feel that they should, whether... It doesn't have to be a traumatic event. It doesn't have to be a traumatic event, not at all. You know, the most common diagnoses out there really are anxiety and depression, and you know, in in the last year, let's say, you know, I actually looked up some in preparation for today. I looked up some statistics. All right, very right? good. So <laughs> they say, um, you know, of all, all anxiety disorders, um, let's say in last year, in one year, let's say 40 million people in the United States will experience some type of anxiety disorder. Right. That's a lot of people. Right. So I think mental health issues are more common than people think. 
And you don't have to wait until you're really not functioning, lying in bed, unable to get out of the house in order to be able to get help. Maybe I should be asking who doesn't need therapy. Maybe that's a better question. (laughs) Just a joke, folks. Just a joke. But if they need these services, the best way to contact your office would be what? How do they go ahead and do this? Uh, 201-692-3972 is the main number in TNAC. They can call up, speak to our office manager. And what do they have to know about uh, about the service in terms of financial payment, et cetera? Is this something that's provided free to the community or not? So it's always helpful to have insurance. Right. And it's always helpful to have your insurance information when you call. Um, but for those people who don't have insurance and really can't afford, we do have sliding scale, um, uh, sliding scale available to people. Um, they would have to give us some of their financial information, and we'd make a determination as to what their what their costs right. are. Anything shock you about this whole process? Are there people suffering from things in our community that uh, you know? I don't know. All of us, all of a sudden, you know, you you couldn't believe it, or you've just discovered it. I have to say, you're you're asking that question to the wrong person because with my experience on the mobile crisis team, I don't think there's anything that could shock me at this point. The old, you've seen it all, huh? I pretty much, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and there have been some drastic tragedies, unfortunately, in our community that the crisis team has responded to. Uh, there have been drastic tragedies, but I would say there's really two two different things uh-huh. that the mobile crisis team responds to, and that's really more of a New York New York service, but right. certainly bring that expertise to the to the New Jersey clinic, which is you can have the kind of trauma that Rabbi Donath was discussing, bereavement, uh, those types of things, sudden tragedies, which really people affect people in very dramatic ways. Um, and then there are other things where people have psychiatric illness where they stop taking their medication and they really start falling apart. They're not able to function. They're hearing voices. They're, they don't, they're not really connected to reality. And they really need help either getting back to reality or their family needs help to really understand what they can do in the situation when the person themselves really doesn't want help. And that could be even for somebody who's not necessarily hearing voices. There are plenty of people there who may need help, but their judgment, judgment is skewed. Um, their judgment is not on track or their perceptions are off, and they really don't realize that they need help, and the family is just floundering, not really knowing what to do. I wonder how often people are referred by others, or by Donath, you mentioned earlier that you in your capacity have the ability to say to an individual or even a group if necessary, you know, go seek help, or we could provide this or that. I wonder how many people in general uh, don't realize the type of situation they're in, and a friend or relative who might be listening to this conversation would then recommend to them and urge them to go seek this type of help. Sure. Another thing, another source of referrals is that I've I've gone and met with uh, all of the school psychologists throughout the Bergen County area, established a relationship with the school psychologists. They all know of our presence and our availability uh, in Bergen County. Uh, and we're also in the schools on a regular basis. Uh, one of the nice things that Ola's been doing, not just to respond to a crisis, is to have a, uh, a, a role in the schools on an ongoing basis. Right now, we're already providing social work uh, support services in TABC, in Frisch. Uh, we'll be lecturing uh, in Yavna. We're in Hechal HaTorah. We're in uh, Ben Parat Yosef. And uh, we're also in North Island, New Jersey. We're going to be in, we are in SAR. Uh, and in the Patak program in MTA, and also in Kushner. So we are really establishing ourselves not just in a crisis mode uh, response way, but also having a regular role, ongoing basis uh, role. And despite your participation in all the schools, I'm sure the guidance counselors tell you that generally, thank God the kids are doing great, right? Correct. Thank God, thank I've, God. <laughs> I, thank God I've really seen uh, really strong uh, guidance staff uh, support services in all the schools. Uh, initially, when I when I came to the schools, there was a feeling of we we really do have 
uh, a strong team. Uh, but always there really just as an additional resource, and you never have enough resources. You know, it's funny you mention that because every time I have a conversation on this topic, I think back. Do you know what the guidance staff was where I went to high school? <laughs> I, I could barely describe it to you because it barely existed. But I am impressed, I must say, as someone who's watched it as I got older and then became a parent and now have high schoolers, I am impressed that the guidance departments is something in our community that's taken very seriously. Correct. It really is amazing. You know, uh, if I can chime sure. in for one second, how is uh, the the OHEL New Jersey Regional Family Center and the new faces? By the way, we talk about the three new faces. Yes. We we are missing Pavarotti, you know, the, th- the three tenors. Right. The three tenors. right. <laughs> we, we have Rabbi Donath here. We have uh, uh, Dr. Tor- Tor- Torbiner here. And we have uh, Tzivi Ryder, who's not with us. Um, she's a, a renowned author and, and, and lecturer and has been with OHEL Base Ezra for many, many years, but is a resident of New Jersey. And she's and, been on the show many times. Officially, the director of services for individuals with developmental disabilities. Correct, out of the New Jersey office. But you know, one of the stark ways that people have reached out to OHEL to help in New Jersey now to um, to ask for our services, you'll find this fascinating. One yeshiva high school that you and I love dearly uh, approached uh, us, Rabbi Donat specifically about the need for us to address the issues of their alumni who go on to serve in Sahal wow. and who here back home to their friends are viewed as heroes. Mm-hmm. But once Israel goes through Operation um, Protective Edge and is seen by the world as these horrible people, all of a sudden these young men who were educated in our schools, who were heroes in their community, are viewed as villains. Mm. And it takes an incredible mo- emotional toll on them and their families. Now, who would have ever thought that that kind of service it would be needed? OHEL will be there to provide that service Very in that school. Very interesting. You're with OHEL since when? Uh, three and a half years now. And Baruch Hashem. Was this a, a, I don't know, was this a charge given to you and others that the expansion to New Jersey is a priority? At that time, they were already in New Jersey, right? Yeah, but, but, but there, 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 there are clearly needs that have been developing that we've, that we've heard, that we've listened to. And uh, I just want to make this very clear. We collaborate OHEL does a lot of collaborating or attempts to collaborate with a lot of other organizations. We try our best to not duplicate other services that other organizations provide. Um, a perfect. I mean, you could say that about New York as well. Oh yeah, right. I mean clearly. Right. I, I, and and it would it would just you know the perfect example. Um, you know, you've heard of develop- conferences on people with developmental sure. disabilities in the past, mostly involving social programming. Coming up on February fifteenth. Um, at the JCC on the Palisades in Tenafly, OHEL, together with JAD, Jewish uh, Association for the Developmentally Disabled, right. uh, the JFS of Clifton Passaic, and in conjunction with the JCC on the, on the Palisades itself, will be co-sponsoring a developmental disabilities conference on navigating the labyrinth of the state system of New Jersey and in terms of how to acquire services. Uh, New Jersey is not an easy state uh, compared to New York, let's say, in acquiring services yeah. for parents with and children with special not, needs. The states are so different the way they work. They're, right? they're extremely, right. they're extremely different, and whereas. Uh, you know, we have a lot of social service programming in our community. This conference on February 15th will be bringing people 
very familiar with state intricacies and government intricacies in the state of New Jersey and how to provide services to children with developmental disabilities. All right. And by the way, you mentioned the uh, duplication, et cetera. Just the leadership role that OHEL's had in the task force is evidence enough. I mean, they're cooperating with so many different agencies and organizations on a regular basis. Well, as you know, it comes from David Mandel, and, right. and then it comes from the leadership of OHEL and the presidium, Mel Zachter, Moshe, Moshe Hellman, obviously Moshe Hellman. And in New Jersey, we have Dr. Jessica Cornwasser, who is the uh, chair of the um, of the New Jersey Regional Family Center in Teaneck. So this is a new direction, and, and uh, Rabbi Donath and Dr. Torbener and, and Sivi Ryder are the uh, like we say, the three new faces of OHEL in New Jersey. By the way, what does this say about the northern New Jersey community? If we're at the stage where, you know, full-time uh, OHEL office is needed or, you know, can serve a big role, it says that the growth in our community has been amazing. I'm sure you felt it in Fairlawn, right? The growth uh-huh. is incredible. It's 100% in Are more and more people moving into your shul? Our shul is, is bursting at the seams. We're actually at the point that this week we are announcing plans for an expansion to be able to accommodate all the young families which are moving into Fairlawn, moved into Fairlawn over the last number of years, and it's really an exciting time for Fairlawn's growth. Oh, wow. I hear some people uh, fearing a, a building fund. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's always a challenge, isn't it? Correct. I'm, I'm, thank God the president take, handles that one. <laughs> Very good, Rabbi. <laughs> Hand it off to the president. Uh, so, New Jersey, you've got a uh, uh, you've got a full time OHEL office at this point, and uh, some great people who are leading it. Two notes: uh, number one, um, reserve the night of November the get twenty three. November Sunday 23rd. night, November twenty third. Reserve the night of Sunday, November the 23rd. That's the night that uh, OHEL gets together for a, a, an amazing dinner, uh, which we refer to as a gala, and it's uh, it, it's at the point. There's so many people that attend and so many prominent individuals who are there. It's at the point where it can be referred to that way. Uh, November the 23rd in New York City. Keep that in mind. And also, as we've been mentioning, OHEL has uh, announced a, um, a school competition, the latest in their essay contest, on the topic of a country attacked, a people united. Robert mentioned a moment ago. Operation Protective Edge. It was a very difficult summer, obviously, in Israel, and the war had uh, our country under attack. But thank God, to a great extent, our people united. And this is the topic of this essay contest for grades 3 through 12 with three different prize and uh, age categories. Uh, information about all of this, because entries have to be in by November the 3rd, you go to ohelfamily.org slash competition, ohelfamily.org slash competition. Um, well, I want to thank uh, Rabbi Jeremy Donath, who's Community Outreach Coordinator at OHEL, Rabbi Adarche Noam in Fairlawn, and a member of the staff at uh, the Torah Academy of Bergen County. If anybody needs you, I assume they can reach you through OHEL or any of your associations, right? Correct. And um, uh, Dr. Tsippi Torbener is the brand-new clinical coordinator of the OHEL Mental Health Clinic in Teaneck. And um, as we said earlier, if an individual needs your services or if any uh, school or group wants to be in touch with your office for any reason, they can certainly call at any time. What is the best phone number again for that? 201-692-3972. And congratulations on your new position. Thank you very much. Uh, my thanks to our friends at OHEL. Robert, thank you so much. Continued great work here in northern New Jersey. And a Shana Tova to everybody.